Welcome back to another episode of Rewind and Recap, where the wine is as necessary as the chaos in our favorite shows. I'm one of your co-hosts, Princess, and today I'm drinking another Simply Spiked Spritzer. Um, it's just the signature peach, and they're 5% alcohol. It's still a little early, early, y'all, so I didn't want to go straight liquor, so. Hey, guys. My name is Cece. I am the other co-host. I'm still in recovery, so I'm actually not drinking at all today. I had cranberry juice because it's been a long weekend girl smell like bitch in here that's fine (laughs) you can add the assness to the end if you need to all right fine i've been there i'm saying um before we jump into tonight today's show guys make sure you follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok at rewind and recap that's R-E-W-I-N-E-A-N-D-R-E-C-A-P. And make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you enjoy watching Power and enjoy our commentary, or you just like fucking with us and you've heard some stuff in the past, head on over there and let us know how much you love this show. Um, as y'all know, we cover a lot with Power, okay? We take it scene by scene. <laughs> because if I feel like there were a couple scenes in this one where I was like, okay, that's, that's kind of small. But like for the most part, we be we be flushing through power so let's go ahead and hop right into it we start out with the russian invasion pop 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 pop, pop capping niggas fucking up the tahada drug drop and one of the guys is trying to alert kane before he get popped in the head gordo is at the tahada home talking to monet and she's basically like you know i don't want drew to get hurt behind these russians i need you to you know give him some space <laughs> Thinking Gordo is going to believe that that's actually the reason. He probably should have just played along like that was the actual reason because, you know, it is Monet. But he basically said, like, I'm not going to stop seeing your son. Let's be real. You scared he's going to find out what you did. And Period. let's just both keep our mouth shut and I'm going to keep fucking on him. Monet I was just like, what? Yeah, I just feel like, you know, Monet. I'm ready to see her get humbled and hopefully it happens as like the season finale because she's gone too long with like she can just do what she wants to do Mm -hmm. and is unable to get touched behind it and I feel like we saw that with the ending of power with Tasha where she was not as smart as Monet Mm -hmm. but equally as dumb as her and tried to frame Quentin for Ghost's murder and her dirt caught back up to her you know i have i have a feeling of that she's gonna try to frame effie based on that preview excuse me and just the way shit went down like monet is an ain't shit mama but she's protective of her kids in this weird motherly way despite how evil she is and with that we're gonna get all we're gonna get there but i just i have a hunch about that and we'll just see what happens next week but he leaves and you can tell Monet don't like that so you already know she got a little plan spinning in her head and I agree with you that she's the one person on the drug side that I actually want to kind of go down or get like you said humbled in Mm -hmm. some way everybody else like I really want them to to last but she's the one that's not a cop or a lawyer where I'm like I want you to get yours like I just want you to get got one good time and like egg is on your face and you didn't see it coming because she sees everything that's fucking coming it's annoying so it's hard to just get her and catch her yeah and 
she's just again she just does shit and she we have not seen her caught for it so I think it will be yeah. a good plot twist for us to see the kids turn against her almost in a way that um Kane had his way with Lorenzo when he found out about Zeke if I'm telling y'all I really think we're gonna start to see Diana's origin villain origin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and spoiler alert Diana's definitely gonna get out because we haven't had the episode yet where Diana was like, it's her. It's it's Monet again. It's like a moment where she says that to Kane in mm-hmm. a preview. Yeah. So I know Diana's going to get out. Yeah, she's something. absolutely going to get out. I don't feel like she's going to be locked up and it's the end of her. Um, but yeah. of course, you know, they're going to pull some fucking tricks like they always do and get her ass out. I'm really... We're gonna get there. The, the ending was really good. Like that preview was mm-hmm. good. I'm really excited for this Nick this week's episode. But Tariq and Lauren. So <laughs> Tariq calls Lauren. He's trying to basically get her to like, you know, Illusion. help him out. And she's like, well, maybe we just testify. And I'm like, bitch, you really think testifying gonna make Tariq's problems go away? That might help your ass out because you ain't did shit. But Tariq is actually really. deep in this motherfucking cartel, whatever the fuck. Girl, it's not that easy for Tariq. <laughs> And then he would not just snitch and think he's not gonna get got. Like that's just that was very fairy tale of her and wishful thinking. But I'm like, girl, what the fuck you mean? We can just testify and we'll be fine. And like, no, no. This is why I think that certain women have to stay away from certain kind of niggas because <laughs> Lauren don't have nobody street smarts at all. And it's like, girl, it's unfortunate that you let Jenny and Carrie rope your ass up into this shit because. Mm-hmm. Now you got some real killers. And like he told her, like, girl, we not finna go back to our regular life. Like, if you testify, that shit is gonna get you gonna get us killed or it's gonna get you thrown into Whitsack and you still not gonna be able to be around your family. And the thing is, even if you do do that and you testify and your parents find out you're alive, they're not gonna play Sean Whitsack together and then they'll try to hurt you even more. Like, they will literally hunt your parents down and kill them. So, like, no. You want to lose the situation at this point. Right. Like, we're not going to live happily ever after. It was real cute for her to think that, but I'm just like, girl, that's not a reality for Tariq. It's just not going to happen. And it would not be a reality for y'all doing this, doing it together. Like, you just wouldn't have your, your life would be the same as it is now. You stuck in with sick. You wouldn't be with your family. Well, shit would not go back to normal. (laughs) Like, Lauren, like you said, she's just, she's not built for this. And she don't think like the streets at all. Her oh, real baby. death coming either this season or top of next season. Oh, baby. She is becoming very kind of like boring to me. Like, I'm just like, what are we doing with Lauren? Like, what are we doing with her? What's she's dead? I, I think I don't think they're going to kill her. I think they might just, I hope they just give her back to her family <laughs> and they just like disappear and move or something. You know, she's just no longer. Go your wishful thinking like Lauren. I'm a wishful thinking because I'm an optimist. And I have favorites on this show. You want to just kill everybody. I don't want to kill everybody. And I have people that I would like to live. Lauren is not a favorite of mine, but she's someone that I don't want to see die. It ain't that I want to kill everybody. It's just, I understand how power go. Yeah, and the niggas don't give yeah. a fuck. Like, they gonna get rid of anybody, main character, side character. Well, character. I have hope. Bless your heart and your hope. Lauren, Kiki and Brayden. Kiki and Brayden fucking like some raccoons. I don't know. I wasn't really impressed by that, but yeah, it was a lot of humping. Like, it was a lot of <laughs> like, like, just, like when you snuck and watch real sex behind your parents' back, that type of <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why your back hunched so hard? Like, ew. 
But so she started telling Brayden what she know. And like, you know, I know y'all like y'all selling drugs. Da, 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 da. And you know, you basically made me create a paper trail for 2.5. And wasn't that the money Kane gave him, the paper trail that he had her create, right? For that money Kane gave him and said, invest it or put it, I need you to clean this. Um, so yeah, she just lets him know she knows everything already. And Brayden is just like frustrated because his cover is blown. But I'm like, Brayden, you're not that smart. And Kaden is a, Kiki's a very intelligent woman. Um, and you haven't run money, kind of, yeah. When you haven't heard run money through the business and you don't think she recognizes that is shifty? Like, I don't know. I just don't think she's dumb enough to not pick up on that. I'm just over Brayden at this point. He literally went from being one of my favorite characters to easily one of the most annoying motherfuckers next to Salim. And I don't know how anybody over top Diana's ass. Oh, Salim is still. Like, I'm just like, Brayden, like, you don't, think you run your mouth and Brayden is the type of person where her notoriety <laughs> and clout is going to be the reason why his white ass end up behind bars because mm-hmm. why are you the second she was like oh you're the brains behind this and he's like oh yeah like chest pump. it's like he let everybody like, get in his ear my nigga this is not a lego competition for you to be awarded for like you are admitting to crimes against a bitch that you have not long that long mm-hmm. that works for your father's fucking company she don't owe you any loyalty and just because y'all are fucking definitely don't mean nothing you it a man of all me. things you should know that and had an urge to be hurt girl I braiding now you know how a to get dummy bitch. a dummy bitch <laughs> so that's that on that they go to the warehouse because monet calls this emergency meeting and talking about how we need to do somebody's fucking Russians or they're not gonna stop. And so she see Tariq over there just on his fucking phone <laughs> and like, all oh, you niggas get out. And I didn't catch this the first time. I caught it today. But Kane was like, you a nigga too. <laughs> and Bray's like, really? Cool. <laughs> I don't know why. I thought that shit was funny. And so she, you know, checked Tariq for being a little sappy bitch and moping over this dead bitch, dead bitch. And Dorit gives her an idea to basically he basically cut off the Russian supply, hold them off for a little while, stop the attacks. And so they go through with that. He, of course, is going to go to Tate for that, because who else is he going to fucking go to to stop a drug buzz? Someone in office um, or running for office. So we go to Davis, Sachs and Theo, and I guess they're doing this like exit. Interview mental assessment thing to see if he's fit for society or something and I don't know it seemed like Theo was just purposely not trying to answer the questions good <laughs> um to maybe he ready to die yeah very much that to skew his results and Davis is just like you know he ain't gonna he gonna die here like he did a terrible job on the test and you can tell it's really sad because you can tell Davis is trying to keep hope because he really wants to get his brother out but it's like Theo also kind of just made peace with this shit already so it's like let him go out the way he wants to rather than what would feed your guilt you know or conscience or whatever and I think that's what Davis is doing he's just acting off of guilt now he feels bad that his brother took a charge for him and he's about he has hepatitis c or something and he's about to die he doesn't want to be he doesn't want his brother to die in prison because of him and it's just like but I mean that's you know, it is what it is. And yeah, it was kind of sad towards later on in the episode when he did get him out, but we'll get there. It was just like, it felt like, damn, we did all that for nothing. <laughs> this nigga, I'm sorry. <laughs> did all that for nothing. That nigga, no, Loki, wanna be back. But anyway, 
Drew and the Castillos meet up, talk about the plan. And he basically proposes that, hey, we need to come up with a plan or try to like stop the Russians or stop their drug thing, whatever. And they're not really having it because they're at risk. Russians are fucking crazy and they don't want to risk any of their guys dying. So they ask for more money. And rightfully so. Hey, got to pay to play, baby. So they want 50-50. Gordo is like trying to defend Drew. Like, you know, our fathers are like brothers in blood. We need to do something to, this is what Poppy would want. We have to do, I'm like, okay, Gordo. So they take a vote in Drew's absence and decide to do whatever the fuck they're going to do, whether they're going to help Tata's do this shit or not. Fine. Moving on to Sax and Jenny. So I... I'm, you talk about being tired of somebody. I'm tired of these motherfucking people. Child. So Sax is telling Jenny that he can basically get Davis. Well, he can go through that Whitman file and see what else Davis has. Because if he has that file, he probably has a bunch of other stuff. And if he can just keep, you know, playing to Davis, he can get more out of him before they, you know, basically bring Davis in. And she's like, okay, whatever. You fucked with something, cut your balls off. And Sax looking like, bitch. And he just goes off. He says, it must be nice to, you know, just sit behind your desk, keep your hands clean. I do all the dirty work. And I said, this is a scorn woman. He's so heartbroken. <laughs> he is a bitch. Because how do you go from laying out the plan, what you're going to do, give, you know, presenting a plan to her. And then when she's like, okay, go do it. Just don't fuck it up. You get mad off and you get triggered. Sex is so annoying. But I really feel like he low-key going to do a little on her. And she don't know it. She's not going to see it coming. I feel like he might try to like, I wouldn't say maybe sabotage the case, but like, I don't know, spin it in a way where she won't get as much credit or just really probably fuck up the case altogether. I don't fucking know. But I just feel like this, he's not over his heartbreak with her. And Sax is the type of nigga who like to get his lick back. Like he definitely loves revenge and he's good at fucking backstabbing people. So I don't think I think she better watch it, basically. I just, I just don't think that whole lover's thing is over for him, and I still think he want revenge. Jenny is... Well, he asked about Lauren randomly. He's like, well, how do you think... To, well, ask about Tariq. How do you think Tariq knew about the... Well, did he ask about how he knew about the Rico case that was being built against him, or what? Yeah, he said, I'm just sure. Tariq trying to get everybody killed so he can go back home. Of basically. course. But is that what Sax asked Jenny about? I think he asked, and he was like, You don't think Lauren is, told him? Is there any, yeah, like, yeah. There, and she's like, No, there's no way. And I'm like, Bitch, okay. talk about two little horny hormonal niggas in love. You don't think that bitch already talking? She already done turned on you, basically. You don't think she done went back talking to that boy? Jenny, please. It's the, it's the stupidity and like just, complete oblivion to me about these kids these are children who are who been outsmarting you for two damn cases and also mind you they ain't got the law license you girl, and also very much in love or whatever in lust whatever the fuck but like you gotta be dumb to think that lauren already done told you she ain't got to say in that with sick house you don't tell her what to do <laughs> whatever and think that with all that attitude she ain't already went and talked to three girl shut up and wake up please you dealing with that baby people. knew that nigga name do that nigga number by heart by heart she already done called him into, they already done met up so Tariq calls on Tate hey I need some help this shit fucking up my business this could work for you you can be responsible for stopping a big drug drop 
I get my business back fucking flowing, everybody win. You know, Tate love a good old quid pro quo. So he takes that, runs with it. <laughs> this is where it gets comical for me, friend. Monet and Kai. Girl. be fucking for real you gonna try to seduce this nigga okay girl so (laughs) monet has kai come over to the house and you know she done made laid out some cheese and got some ripple out on the damn table and they talking all soft hood nigga like charcuterie girl and so drew comes in and he's like what the fuck you know what the hell is this nigga doing here When they get his ass out, Drew is hot-headed at this point because he just want revenge for his daddy. He is on 10 until he can get that answer. So she's like, you need to get up out of here. I'm working on something. He's our ally. I need you to let me do this. So then I guess they start talking about Gordo or whatever, or like, I don't know how they got on that topic, but he brings up Gordo and how he feels so good when he's with him and Da, 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 and Monet as acting because Monet Monet. was saying like oh like for him to leave Kai like to she don't need him messing up Kai because now they have the Italians against him and she needs more soldiers mm-hmm. and he's an ally and she was like all we have is the fucking Castile and a few corner boys which I'm assuming they don't know that the corner boys been shot up yet yeah and she was like I see how I um I see you got him on lock or something like that and Drew tried to play it off <laughs> that little <laughs> that little cheekish ass laugh like, and then she was <laughs> like was I thought he looked at you you got that nigga on lock like you okay. stay in his ear and keep his family out I'm like bitch you already know Gordo finna die. You're gonna try to kill his ass. So it's like, I feel like she does. Monet is good at like covering her tracks, at least for now. Like she's good at doing stuff to cover up the shit that she really doing in the background. So that when the shit that she doing in the background happens, you can't really pin it on her. Cause it's like, well, she was so supportive of me and Gordo. Couldn't have been my mom said that. You know what I'm saying? Like she's good at just playing both sides and that shit kind of working out. So every time I see her like act like she want to support these kids, I never believe it because I feel like it's a setup for something else going on in the background that they don't know about. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. And then, and then I yeah, and then I also love that like she kind of set the scene for what she did with Kai because Drew was like, "You're the one that pressed us to respond to the Russians, mm-hmm. and now you telling us to back up." So Monet knew what she was doing. Girl, a smart evil bitch. I have to give it to her now. Her brain worked better than Tasha's. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what this was at Stansfield. I guess this was a talent show at the bookstore. I don't know Girl. what was going on. I don't know where that came from. Again, a moment where I just felt like some writing could have been added to explain this event coming up because it just kind of happened and Bruchana was right. Well, we could have used a different scene altogether yeah really could have did without the talent show so bruchandra do her thing didn't even know she was rapping Celine gets on stage and he has this fucking i don't know like terrible speakeasy performance pouring his heart out to diana apologizing i grieve anew of your loss my love and i'm just like please shut the fuck up i this nigga is so 
goofy. He I is the way he's like, I just he just gives me it. Just it, 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 it. And as soon he as he opened up his fucking mouth, I'm just like, please. He is the epitome. And when I say the epitome, he is the epitome of Napoleon complex when it comes to niggas. Mm. And it's like, what? He ain't short though. I thought Napoleon complex was only for little niggas. He is a little nigga. He ain't that little. That nigga's probably five seven. He ain't like really. He's five seven. That nigga's probably five six, five seven. I could look Celine in his eyes, probably over his head. Stop, girl. You five seven yourself now. The entitlement. Oh, not you gave me two more inches than what you usually do. Well, um, you know, just so kind of. Celine is just the epitome of corny. And if y'all don't, if y'all don't know nothing else about me other than that I'm a Taurus. I hate a corny nigga. I hate the shit out of me a corny nigga. I hate it so much. Like, Celine is just so cringy and entitled. And, like, nigga, you disrespected her deceased father in his home. And then even when she tried to give you a warning, like, nigga, what? You continue to drive that bitch in and then try to tell her to be fucking reasonable. Why the fuck would you think this goddamn Langston Hughes-ass point was going to have Diana fall into your motherfucking knees? Girl, that shit was whack. That's a prime example of niggas thinking that dick is always the resolve. She walked like, I was like, yes, Diana, please don't fall for that dumb shit. Like, ew. Ew. Embarrassing. And then, bitch, you gonna say my name? So you now people know that everybody. we were fucking around like, ew. Niggas ain't got no coof about themselves. Ew. Girl, then they go into this motherfucking storage closet and she finally calls this nigga corny finally and i'm like yes because i know you've been thinking and i low-key feel like she meant that shit like you know you said when she was on the crew has it she seemed too happy (laughs) i feel like she was waiting to call that nigga corny and then he goes off like yeah i know you've been selling them drugs at the uh store and before that he was like how can you not respect me for what i just did out there and i'm like them see you want them niggas who act nice but be abusive as soon as your ass get pissed it off abuse as, as, as soon as i don't consent consent to what the fuck you want me to do you put your hands on me you yelling you throwing shit you threatening me you trying to manipulate me see i mm, it's always them niggas it's always them goofy corny hotel um yep black power ass niggas that as soon as a woman don't do what they want to do it's fucking Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde up in this bitch. You know, I just dealt with it. It's a scary like, thing. It's always, it's, it's definitely, it's always obvious. And for me, I don't consider myself this, but I feel like I definitely get labeled this. And I think that along with like Diana and like even just the comment that he made about Tariq, like the yeah. second you don't like a nigga, all of a sudden you an angry, black, scorned, bitter, black bitch. He said, yeah and i think that when you have someone who when there's a woman who will let your ass have it and like basically won't let you walk over her then niggas start getting very disrespectful or trying Mm -hmm. to like change you or make you feel like nigga i know who i am Mm -hmm. and a nigga who ain't been in my life long enough can't tell me who the fuck i am so i was glad Mm -hmm. that diana like said to him like 
you better get one of them get one of your other hoes to go suck your dick like nigga i don't give a fuck about that whack-ass point that get, shit was corny as fuck very he and for that shit right before he came up in here and buck up on her was like oh i knew it was a matter of time before you were going fuck and it, my thing is and, and bitch and if i did what about it and you better watch your motherfucking mouth or we drop your ass in this bitch you talking about watching my back from the cops bitch your body will be gone before they can even get to stansfield if that's the type of bitch you think i am why would you feel like it's safe for you to say some shit like that why are you me? talking to me crazy like i can't have your ass killed period oh you didn't think because you know so much about my fucking family or at least you think you do bitch you better sleep wrapped up like that candy in the motherfucking bookstore bitch don't play with me like he's just always been so condescending towards diana that i know that her dealing with him came out of her sadness Mm -hmm. and her loneliness Mm -hmm. because the comment that he made about like why she crying people normally wait and he gave that old fucking hotep ass apology oh my apology queen a face you're so beautiful like yours like just always corny when he made the comment about her books oh how is it that you're gonna afford balenciaga but can't yes like yes constantly been condescending towards diana so to see her really put that nigga in his place was like whew girl i thought you was gonna let me down girl me too and i like really feel like because she ain't done with that nigga and that's when I really was like oh because when she came back and just doubled down I said my girl is coming out I might have a little hope because you know for a minute I was feeling like Diana was corny too I was like okay girl you know get your backbone like where is it stand up speak up do something so this episode I was really proud of her like okay I can work with this Diana so that ends Tariq goes to visit Effie in her room nigga ain't got no type of time for small talk I want that picture <laughs> he asked for the picture basically period straight to the point point. and she's like well if you want a picture you, I, I gotta get back into business he's like fuck no I'm not letting you back into shit I don't trust you she's talking about how she don't trust him he's like bitch I'm not the one who went and did all this shit we in this situation because of your ass so he basically does not let her back in the business. Fuck that picture. I'll get what I need some other way. <laughs> then fuck you, Effie. <laughs> Tariq ain't got shit for Effie now that he know his baby is alive. Let me tell you, that girl is chop suey. Tariq leave. Effie closed the door. Fuck you, Tariq. Brayden is... I guess talking to some crash coin people because the server is fucking up or whatever. So he's in this like control room and he hears this man, you know, shuffling in and out with these bags of shredded paper. And so he's looking at like, what the hell, you know, what room is that? They can go exploring. And I'm kind of getting a little scared because the shit look a little like weird. Like he's about to get trapped up in that bitch. Yeah. Or like somebody's going to walk out and find his ass and he's going to get his ass beat again. So he go into, and it's just like this basically empty room full of just bags of shredded files a couple boxes one desk with some books for accounting and he starts looking through it and he takes it for later i'm like oh shit weston holdings they doing some crooked shit they white of course girl so the russian drug bust happens um take ass on the news <laughs> that made himself a target don't girl, even realize it i'm like yo ass on tv talking about the shit like take but I mean, that's kind of unavoidable because he did it so he could get credit. So it's just like, I mean, I guess we'll see how long that lasts. I don't know, but Tate as might find himself in a body bag too, the way he keep making deals. Yep. Fucking drug dealers. He gonna and I can't wait. Back. 
he's funny, but I can't he's wait. Right. He's so funny. I don't want him to go. <laughs> he's good comedic relief. Um, so Blanca got this shit all the way figured out. After they watch him on the fucking TV talking about how he's gonna make um the streets great again and he's all he's all about crime, drug crime and stopping drug crime and all this shit. They see that and they start connecting, like, okay, maybe this motherfucker working with Tariq. And now mm-hmm. he's and right on the goddamn money. Nigga gonna be in jail. You ain't gonna be in office state. Your ass gonna be in prison. So Blanca literally has the shit figured out. They just have to get some proof, get the drugs, which they do end up doing this episode. And I you know what? I'm it. not mad at it. At first, I thought I wanted to see Blanca and Jenny and Sex all die, but I kind of want somebody to figure it out to make the show change from us being so used to them always getting out of it. Yeah, I still want her to die though. I just don't like Blanca. I hate the way she talks. And I I'm just, crying. I have like animosity towards her just because from the last couple seasons and from the original power, I just don't like her. I just, I don't know if I'm ever like her. Sex, I don't mind if sex stick around a little bit longer. Jenny can go too. Jenny's annoying and she's boring. I want her to lose her job. But I, I would not mind, like you said, seeing the tempo change up a little bit. Because we are used to these niggas being Avengers and getting out of every fucking situation. So mm-hmm. it would be nice for somebody to end up in jail and now we got like a prison plot too. That yep. would be cool. Um, Kane goes to drop some drugs off at with Effie so she can keep having her little business on the side. He only got one brick for her, so she wasn't really too happy about that. And she's like, nigga, I gotta pay my tuition. Like, this ain't gonna do shit for me. So he's like, here. And pulls out a whole lot of cash. And I would've said thank you and kept him moving. Girl! He would've, I would've been in his hand for long after my eyes came out. Might've would've kissed him too. Bitch, I ain't gotta work for this. Thank you, Jesus. He said, I'm not gonna miss it. Cool. Cool. But you know, nigga. You know, Effie, she a real street bitch. Got her pride. She a hustler. She didn't want to take it. Boom. Kane said, bitch, I know your kind. We move on to the class discussion. And they're talking about, um, like, what was, like, the particular word she used? It was, like, equality when it comes to, like, receiving help or favors or is it like an equal opportunity or something like that basically sometimes I guess it was along the lines I I remember just from Diana taking a jab at Selene of like people using information yeah um, something about weaponizing power or something like that having having more information is weaponizing yeah it was like receiving help when there's a risk of like you said someone weaponizing something or using something to hang it over your head Mm-hmm. in exchange for you receiving the, their help or something and so diana comes for Celine and she's like well sometimes it's not actual things it's information that people can weaponize and use against you and this nigga just looking at her and what does mm-hmm. he what does he say he says something like oh, he said something something he got into the whole single mom or something but he said something corny and the, the kids in the class were like that's different for you Celine like I wouldn't expect that coming from you and they all start laughing he's like well what my single mother always taught me was when someone offers you a helping hand you take it and I don't know about you but that shit sounded predatory and it sounded like yeah like I'm helping you bitch bow down and receive it and you need to take what I'm giving you or else or some I just didn't like his tone at all 
And I'm like, somebody need to beat this corny nigga's ass. Fold him up. Because he ain't but 80 pounds. Beat that nigga ass. That nigga is a mini Twix. I did not like the way he said that. And so Effie gonna turn around and say, yeah, just like when sometimes people want something or they offer you something, but they really just want something and they don't say that in the beginning. Something like that. Basically hinting at Tariq asking her for that fucking picture. Tariq, she said that shit Tariq said. Look. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch. Tariq is a, that's ghost. Because you know when Ghost stopped giving a fuck about Tasha, he could he didn't give a fuck about Tasha once he once he realized he had a chance with Angie, Angel, whatever the fuck her name was. Tasha, Angela Valdez. She could be having a heart attack and ghost to step up her body and tell the desk man to call 911 on his way out. Girl. <laughs> and I feel like that's how Tariq is treating Nappy. Like he ain't got shit for her no more. He could give two dams. And he's just not giving her anything. And I'm sorry. I think it's fucking hilarious how he could just turn the switch like that. But you ain't like your daddy. Boy, shut up. Yeah, but oh. it be that way when a motherfucker betray you. Like, bitch, I'll treat you like I never knew you. Child. And he is doing just that. So, Monet, that I think Monet had text- the slightest fuck. Monet had text Diana at that little rink-a-dink talent show. Like, hey, you gonna come over for dinner? And Diana didn't respond. So, like, later she calls her. Monet's like, I've been calling. I'm going to text you. Da, 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 da. She's like, I've just been dealing with a lot at school. Like, this guy is kind of like, you know, I've been dealing with and it's getting messy. And she's like, what's going on? Who messed with my baby girl? I'll come up there and I, I'm like, Monet, shut up. What you do know this Diana that you're trying to defend. <laughs> the one you hate the most? Monet, make it believable. At least try to make it believable. I said a little bit of her was rejoicing when Diana asked and got hemmed up. She probably was scared too. Like, what she gonna say? <laughs> look, look, at least it ain't me. Who? <laughs> <laughs> shit, I got break. <laughs> Ooh, got me having a little scared there. <laughs> oh god. So basically, Diana kind of hints at the fact that she got this. She gonna she know how to deal with this nigga. She gonna take care of it. She is her mother's child, which she is. Because when she came back with that clap back. I almost stood up to my sister. I said, girl, this is what we've been waiting on. Through and through. Oh, so Sax and Davis um, are talking. Sax comes to him. He like says he basically has a dirty juror that he can use to take a bribe and help get his brother out a lot quicker. And so Davis is like, you know, I don't know, but just do whatever you got to get my brother out, basically. And Sax like, well, I need a lot of money. And of course, Davis has probably hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> hiding in his desk. Girl. And I'm like, you a dirty lawyer. Of course you're going to have that. And Sax looking shocked. Like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, you act like, acting like the office built on integrity. Like, Sax, please. The building is paid for with dirty money. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Y'all work in a crooked ass building as it is. So he basically takes that and he's going to go handle it. I didn't catch this in the first time, the first time I watched it, but then I kept caught it the second time with the trash man. The trash man mm-hmm. is actually a little cop, the lawyer mm-hmm. whatever he's working with. That's Angela Nephew. Okay, okay, that's who you was talking about. Okay, damn, fuck that nigga. So he undercover as a hobo looking through, um, is that bad to say hobo? I should I say homeless man. He's undercover as a homeless man, rummaging through the trash, basically looking for one of them little drug cups mm-hmm. and my thing is how you know what to look for 
That's what I'm, I, I, I don't know. And I'm guessing like, maybe they had a tip or I don't know, they figured out somehow that they were maybe using coffee as the method to exchange the drugs in Western Holdings. I don't fucking know. But like you said, mm-hmm. he went straight to it. So he knew what it looked like or what to look for. And so Tariq is coming out the building, texting Lauren, and he just run and he actually finds it. He opens like the bottom of a cup and pulls out. It looks like a little blue packet with, I guess, I'm guessing maybe some drugs still up in there. I can't imagine a white man throwing away some fucking cocaine, but, but maybe. Mm-hmm. So he has that. And now I know shit finna hit the pan. I wonder Brayden will blame the whole thing on Lucas to free him and Tariq. You think he bold enough to put his own white uncle up? I think he would. Hell, he threatened him. If he did that, you know Luke is going to sing about Kiki. What about Kiki, though? You know Brayden also don't think. Because I feel like if he does that, he has to make sure that loose end is tied up. Because if he drop a dime on Lucas, well, she going to sing like a canary about him. Unless he talks to Kiki about a little side plan or get her taken care of. So they mm-hmm. can't even pull Kiki into it. Like, Lucas can't even pull Kiki into it because... Maybe she denies it or she done left town. I don't fucking know. I don't know. But that could be very messy. Um, Diana meet we up like with Celine. I do like messy. Diana meet up with Celine at the fucking bookstore. And she got these files, baby. Got these files. And I just know she finna clock that ass. And so she's just like, you know, what if people try find out about Trevor, whatever the fuck, some old white name. Trevor Nelson. Trevor fucking Nelson. Trevor fucking Nelson. As, and you got to, as it can get. Bitch. And she pull out these damn equestrian pictures. <laughs> nah, I love thick women because my aunt, she wrote equestrian. Girl. He, that Drake will find cool. his way into some business about some college churn, won't he? Bitch, the, the, the one that took the cake was the white parent. I said, and this nigga adopted the Trump rally at the Trump rally. What he was at the Trump rally? That's what she said about the parents being at the Trump rally. Like, damn, you doing all of this and your parents was at a fucking Trump rally. No fucking wonder. He want to be black so bad. He was probably bullied for not being black enough for what about the black kids? And so he just came up with this whole new hotel alias to be accepted. My God, is that the wrong way to go? Bitch, lying about having a single mother is really fucked up. Like, you are a psychotic nigga. He probably did before he was adopted, but like, bitch. But like, I just, I ain't buying it. I ain't buying it. I ain't buying it. He a liar. Because, excuse me, I feel like if you really had a single mother, da 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 she raised you so which means she named you so i feel like if it was true that he had some type of life i don't know with his mother like why would you change your name why not keep your name if that's the name your mother gave you if you want to honor her in some way when you mm-hmm. start this new life like you know what I'm saying? it just feels like all of it is a lie and i knew this nigga was a corny ass lying nigga and so she going on and on what about you know women he said so what <laughs> girl a fucking a kindergarten fit i did not believe that line at all I did that. it very much gave me twins my husband that's what that line <laughs> yeah girl i said i had to rewind that shit because it was just i didn't feel like he was 
was even acting for real. Yeah, he's like forget his lies. Meech, where's my husband? Oh my gosh, he said so. What? What? And slid that, and he slid it off so damn delicately. I said, "Oh my God, Diana, don't ever give him no more pussy because this is just embarrassing. You got to forget about this one, girl." And so basically, she's like, "You know, I'll keep my mouth shut about this, and I'm not gonna tell your little students who look up to you if you keep your mouth shut about what the fuck I got going on." I wouldn't even gave him that much. And not to an admission of guilt. And she said, "Better yet, right?" I'm like, "Diana, please," because you just denied it. But she just, then she gonna double down and say, I wanna raise, decrease your fucking hours. So people who actually did grow up with a single mother, basically. <laughs> so the kids who need the money can actually fucking work, you trust fund baby. And I said, this nigga is also a trust fund fucking child. Got the nerve to, and got the nerve to be in class talking about equality and capitalism and how unfair America is for blacks and starting from the bottom. That slave comment made. Yeah, so you a fucking trust fund, baby? The damn, um, the, um. Enslaved Africans, that was their, it's yeah. not their identity. You are fucking trust, you can't say shit, you a trust fund, baby. You can't talk to me about equality, none of that shit. Because you already, you know that whole fucking demonstration they did in class with take a step forward, take a step. Nigga, you wouldn't mm-hmm. be up there with a white boy. Shut up. Right there. <sighs> the fucking gall. So he agreed to move, you know, not say anything. They move on. Diane did her big one. I said, okay, you did good. I got a clap for you. I just feel like that still wasn't enough to make a nigga not telling you that you're selling drugs. So it's like, I told him. Um, really care about your image that much, nigga? I told, yeah, I mean, an egotistical nigga like that, probably. I told Jordan I was hoping that the, the bag that she dropped would have been a little, you know, more of a gag. Yeah, like, like he was a criminal himself trying yeah, to. Yeah, you know, he or he faked some like SAT that. scores or something to get in there. Something a little more daunting. Um, but she she still did her research and she she came back with evidence. And I said, okay, you, you try. You, you a little Monet Jr. You doing your best. You working your way up. Is something you know, girl. But I don't know if that's the end of Celine. It's <sighs> not because she knows. I guarantee you, she don't think that he has something to do with the reason why she got locked up. Probably, probably. Damn. And the rest of them gonna end up thinking because she gonna think before she fact check. She gonna think that he did it. She gonna tell them people that he not really who he say he is, and then he really gonna go and tell, and that's gonna lead to Celine death. Damn. Damn. That sounds messy, but I hope it ends like that. I hope it ends with him dying. That'd be a plus. And for Kane to do it. Boom. Oh, what if we find out that Salim is a killer when she Diana sent somebody to try to drop that body and he dropped the body? Salim ain't killing no day. That's that is wishful thinking, girl. He got that abusive tactic in him. Shit. He, he ain't gonna kill no damn body. You think he done killed to get to Stansfield? Mm, I don't think so. That's a little bitch nigga. Sorry for the man who play him in real life. I'm just saying your character is a bitch nigga. Um, so Monet came, Drew, go see Kai. Monet tell Drew has to wait outside. It's a grown folks business. Kane, she have him lay low until she need him to come in there and, you know, handle business. So Monet. <laughs> Monet is talking to Kai. 
and you know telling him you know I really you know I want to been I've been wanting to tell you something lately and you know they outside because they still mad at me and they don't need to hear this part anyway but I've been wanting to you know give myself to you basically coming on to him and when she reached her arm around to wrap around his neck I said uncomfortable. Auntie Felice. <laughs> Girl. That shit was cringe to me, friend. I'm sorry. I just. That's what I say. It looked very uncomfortable. It looked uncomfortable. It just looked like it wasn't supposed to happen. And, and we done seen Monet got a type, and Kai, baby, you ain't it. And the way she just like reached back, it, it just felt so wrong. So this nigga think he finna get some pussy from the woman he been wanting for a while. He get up. I think he hears something or whatever. So he gets up. They start shooting outside. Okay. So she pulled her knife. I'm like, Mona, you got to be quicker than that. She get the shit caught. And, and struggling. Like, like, struggling to get a knife out your fucking boot. Come on, Mona. Sahada. You do this. Sahada. Like, girl. As soon as she go up, the man turn around. And I'm like, you could at least just slice his, the back of his legs real quick, like, before he could even turn around. Like, girl, I'm thinking fast at that point. Once I get my knife out, I'm just, I'm going. And she's just like, she get the knife, and then she moving slow, and I'm like, Monet! Like, this ain't your first time getting the nigga. She thought she was a goner, bitch. Bitch, I thought she was going to be gone. I said, this is the moment. Oh, my God. So they start fighting. She's struggling. He choking. They, like, they going at it. And he starts, like, trying to strangle her or whatever. Baby came, and that gun the way that shit don't miss, mm. turn me on. <clears throat> Nigga fall down. I said that aim. One thing about it, that aim. Nigga across the room, dim lit room at that. I would accidentally pop my mom. I'm not finna hold you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I'm sorry, Baba. <gasps> What the hell he's gonna tell Drew? What the hell Shit. he gonna do? Kyle killed I her. I put one of her. Child, he had already shot her by the time I got in here. Make up something. But they get her out of there. Drew and Kane clean up the mess. Well, actually, she said she goes out. She sends him out to go get Drew. And while he's out, she thinks he's going she fast sends- on that, on that little um Girl. on that party keyboard. Girl, and then I used to be able to out. when I had a flip phone, I used to be able to like it's crazy how quick we used to be able to text off them little mm-hmm. just them small little buttons and just you knew to tap three times for a C or tap this many times for an S. And it's, just, it's so be- funny. I was literally just talking to my sister about this. Yes, bitch. I used to be able to type in my person class. Wasn't even looking, just typing. Those were days. Those are days where our IQs were the highest. Nothing but snake and five. Snakes and five. So she sends that text real quick, basically saying like, hey, I think the Sahadas know the Russians didn't kill Lorenzo or something like that. Basically implying that he knows. We need to meet. Yeah, we need to meet. And so it pings when Drew ass is in there, baby. He look at it, he's like, oh. The I Russians knew it was Gordo it. that she texts. I already knew. Yeah, me too, me too. And so um, he takes the phone. She tells him to take it. And he, of course, she does, right? And not have Kane take it. And so, <laughs> oh, that's a smart bitch, I tell you. 
right after almost dying, she's still sticking to the plan. <laughs> Child. Oh, I live for Monet. I'm telling you. So we leave that scene. Effie's in the tuition office, basically saying like, hey, I'm still need some time to get the money. I'm going to pay it. And the white lady like, oh, oh, oh. It's saying that your tuition has been paid throughout the, to the end of term. And she's like, okay. So after the lady leaves to go print off the record, she texts Kane, fuck you. I told you I didn't need your charity. Basically, thank you, daddy. That's what that code was. Yeah. And so he was like, you welcome. And that bitch, she sucked mm. that bitch. But she... <laughs> she wanted to suck that nigga dick. I know she did. Because, bitch, I would... She said, I love it when you call me Big Papa. Take care yeah. of me. Take care of me without having to ask, okay? That man called up to the school. <sighs> Nobody working harder for Coochie than um than Kane. And he, and he ain't no goofy nigga like Celine. Respects and understands, consents, protective and caring and thoughtful. A nigga, a real man, you know? And we'll shoot. Well, we'll I, shoot him I, 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 I'm just gonna say, can shoot a nigga dick. <laughs> now I'm over here salivating at a criminal. I've been around you too long, girl. What the? See, <laughs> see how bitches do me, and what about it? I've been around you too long because this this character is starting to. I'm changing my ways. Me. I'm changing my ways. So. Yeah. It started with you, so I may or may not know a thing about how Effie feel. Can't say I do, can't say I don't. So Davis and Theo made it out. He take him to the the helicopter pad like the old days, trying to get him to drink. He's like, "Hey, you right? Better not compromise your treatment before you need to get started, right?" And so he started drinking for him, and Theo just seemed sad. You know, look like he Versace down or whatever the hell he had on. Girl, what I hate sad. how country Versace looks. Girl, girl. I hate the outfits. I wouldn't mind a robe, but them outfits, no. <laughs> it would never be called dead. And so he just looks sad. Of course, he looks sick. And he's just like, I, what have we done? You know, like I, I worked so hard to keep you out of this shit so you can be successful you can have a better life like with me being out you're at risk basically and then mm-hmm. they got mad come to the treatment facility don't ever come see me remember who you are simba i'm sorry when i first heard him say that shit i bust out laughing drop me for the treatment facility <laughs> that nigga was pissed Said, nigger, I done took all this time for you just for you to now probably be at risk of taking your ass to fucking prison. It'll all be for nothing, nigga. Just because you want me Literally. to have a with you at this fucking helicopter pad. Send me back to fucking jail, bitch. Like, I'm finna die any fucking way. This case could have been closed. And I feel him on that low key because it's like, nigga, at this point, I have a sickness. Okay, yeah, maybe I can get treatments, but like, it's not a guarantee. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is all just beta testing, really. So, like, I could have just stayed in jail. You know what I'm saying? So, Davis looking real depressed. And I feel for Davis because, you know, all he wants is to make it up to him. And it's just like, damn, this ain't even really what he wants. You know what I'm saying? This is more so what I wanted for him. So, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to Theo. I'm interested to see if they're going to have him make a turnaround because of treatment. If the shit actually... Well, he definitely going to stick sacks up. Oh, yeah. 
So the feds basically ready to go in for this Rico. The drugs match. Thanks to motherfucking that bitch ass nigga rummaging through the trash. The drug yeah. match that they've been shuffling through the university. And the shit all connects. So it's basically evidence. And now they can go in with their Rico. Um, Drew and Gordo laying in bed with pillow talk. And Gordo's telling him how after he left to do the vote that he told his family, you know, he's going to stick, stick beside Drew. And if they don't respect it, like, hey, too fucking bad, basically. Drew, you, you will go against your family for me? And so he's like, yeah. <laughs> Just so fucking in love and shit. Well, in lust, really. On some big. So. I understand, though. Hey. I Listen. I, too, there. had a moment where I, too, was tripping. Been there. So. Gordo get up. Take a shower. Drew just chilling and you know he decides to text the phone number let me handle some business of all time to text and I said oh shit here we go he said I think he said let's meet or something or whatever and so the thing pings suspense music Drew turned around like, I, I know it's gotta be loud even <laughs> when that damn phone don't vibrate okay I'm like he looking like I know damn well maybe it's just a coincidence you know, maybe. So to confirm, he goes over to the phone. Look, lo and behold, it's the same motherfucking text he just sent. And he said, you know what? Say this. Motherfucker, get that gun. Drew don't waste no fucking time. <laughs> don't think <laughs> just straight emotion. Straight to the gap. So he get that shit from boom, boom. Go to the bathroom <laughs> on the sideways. And Maybe Gordo could just sense somebody was behind him because he turned around and see that damn gun. Wait, 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 Drew, I trusted you. Pow! And he pop a nigga. Gordo slide down like it's a soap opera on Telemundo. And then Kane come running in and it's not Telemundo, dramatic. bitch. Get out my face. <laughs> it was real dramatic. So Kane come in, he take the gun and he just like, he tells him he did it. And so he comforts him and like, which technically ain't a lie. It's not he a did lie. do it. He did, but let's find but, out who put him up to it. The case is not solved yet, kids. And so Monet arrives and she tries to comfort him. And I'm just like, girl, you, you're an evil, evil something. You really are. You was just telling this boy, that, baby. You was just telling this boy him and Gordo could be something because you and Lorenzo made it and y'all did it. And, there's hope knowing damn well what you have coming for this nigga. I see Monet the type to go and go laugh over Gordo body. <laughs> a little sticker. I saw somebody tweet. Monet like the person you can tell Monet is the type of person who would steal and help you go look for look for your <laughs> shit. Yeah. That's the perfect description because that's all she does basically in this show is start shit and hide her hands. Oh my gosh. A terrible human being. Fucking terrible. So back at the office, Brayden is still looking through these damn files. Tariq is heading out and he's like, okay, you know, catch you later, I guess. So he goes into Lucas's office. Like, hey, I gotta tell you something about these books. I found this weird room with shredded stuff. Da, 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 da. And Lucas, like, man, what the fuck you talk about? Like, that's some bullshit. Just bullshitting to him. And then Bray just keeps going. Like, no, this ha- this has to be 
what's going it's a ponzi scheme it's some weird trickery. the books don't even match it's different deposits and withdrawal like something's going on unk. and so he's like you know what good fucking job you, you figured it out and he's like what and basically they've been doing this shit for years it's how the company has been thriving it's the reason why they're still in business his dad don't know about it this is all lucas and so he called kiki in kiki trying to play dumb is this about the paperwork that that dropped yet <laughs> he's like oh no and so great you fucking knew about this <laughs> no fucking shocked and just Duh, like, oh my god like how and my nigga wake wake up wake up really you think this this one of the main really only black women i've seen in that office would not be in his back pocket okay you a dummy nigga and so she he basically says like we know you selling drugs up in this bitch too we already know you that we already know something to him and then it was just confused on you to confirm it. Like we've been new. I just wanted you to say it out loud. Like she hold your ass. So now all this shit blown up. So now not only does Noma have them by the balls, Weston Holdings now has Braden by the balls because he can't say shit. They know he's sending, they funneling drugs through there. They know he cleaning drug money for Kane. My thing is that shit is his fault because at the end of the day, if Tate get caught up in it, of course Tate is going to tell Tariq, like, he the reason why you lost your internship. Yep. He wanted you to work there. And then they can frame Braden as, like, he was just trying to get his get back. Because he got in trouble for the shit. And, like, um, he's like, Paul Braden, I, 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 need that, I need that money back. I need Tariq's trust fund back. You know what that gave me? Set it off. I'm gonna need that money. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. You going there? <laughs> Goddamn, Braden Elise. I'm gonna need that money. <laughs> oh my god. That's really what it was given. That nigga knew he was in trouble at that point. I, I, I need that back. I need. <laughs> they said, uh-uh. That's not how that shit works. Yeah, this work, buddy no no so that was the end of that basically and i'm really i don't know i like you named a couple scenarios but based off of that and the way this whole thing is blown up at western holdings like i'm just curious about what the fuck else gonna go on like mm-hmm. how is he gonna keep it under wraps is he just gonna crack until to read like because now we have a whole nother plot basically like this is some new yep. shit the oh. one thing about Braden have to be okay with his uncle catching that body because Tariq ain't gonna let that shit go easy. And and Lucas is already hating on him. Yeah, Tariq finna drop that body. Mm. You think so? And he probably gonna put RSJ up to it. They probably gonna try to make RSJ talk Ooh. about. It. Yeah, that one you might be that 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 one right there, friend. I think you might be right about. And that. we gonna probably see that out how RSJ or really get get down behind his bag. RSJ will buy that fucking company if he yep. can, or become like the new CEO or partner, whatever the fuck, to where he got control. I can and hire Tariq. See that happening. You know what? Like the way your brain works. So Lauren is with the feds. I, I don't know what building they were going into, or I, I guess she was going to testify. I don't know what the fuck was happening, but 
they're with her um they're about to take her up and so she meets Tariq in the fucking bathroom this nigga done got a whole janitor outfit or a DEA outfit whatever the fuck he had on and she go in the bathroom Tariq this nigga step out like a fucking ghost yeah, I ain't gonna hold that shit was a little intimidating I was like ooh she's very she, bold so not think yeah. he and he had a very like foreboding demeanor about him like very scary demeanor mm. I ain't never felt like that about Tariq but that moment when he kind of just stepped out I'm like okay it's a killer like <laughs> I got a little not scared. This killer. I got a little scared for a minute I'm not even gonna hold you so he comes out and he has proof for her to basically get her to give him information about the case and the proof is his conversation with Effie admitting Baby. To Lauren you know you so fucking weak that's why I had to take your little girlfriend out because you couldn't do it all that shit I'm like this nigga really was he went in there to record her ass the whole time that's that's ghost junior so she starts singing like a canary she tells him like hey this is what they have the this is what's inside the case like they're gonna hit you with this this and this and now she now that baby is an accessory yeah yeah all behind some damn Tariq the love of her life Tariq must okay. be piping these hoes down real good. Girl, must be. Because I'm sitting here. Common sense is not common. I ain't going to jail for no nigga. I'm not at, at risk of going to jail for no nigga. So she tells him that um, Sax is actually working with Jenny Amber. Yeah, he was like, I don't know how Sax didn't see this coming. She was like, he did. I said one thing Girl. about Lauren every scene she is spilling tea baby don't tell her man what's going on and so she's um yeah he's working with jenny and blanca like and he's like fuck that's the motherfucking mole i don't think she told him that she just said that he did see it coming and he was like oh sax is the mold i could have sworn she said he's working with jenny but maybe i'm wrong Mm -hmm. he could just put two and two together but i feel like Tariq is absolutely going to share that information with davis and i'm curious to see how that plays out because it's like if he tells him next episode and Sax is representing Diana, like Dave is not gonna step in and try to represent. Like, I don't know. So I'm curious about how that's gonna play out because I know Tariq is gonna tell Monet and Davis about that. Um, mm-hmm. excuse me. The Tahada bus happens, so they rush up in there because of course they have their evidence now. Tahada! Diana Tahada, stop up. And so Diana had to stand up and get her ass arrested. She started reading her Miranda rights. Monet looking like, God damn, got my child. We gonna come down there and get you. Don't say nothing. And I'm thinking them damn cameras, cause they 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 can arrest her ass off them cameras. And they saw her putting product in there, so they really can absolutely get her on. I needed to go back and look and see if it actually shows what she put in there. Oh, it did. It showed it in the beginning of the episode too. In the recap, they show her putting blue wrap bricks in the lo- little locker thing. That okay, clearly I was like, like I wasn't sure. Yeah, it, it clearly showed like the cocaine. actual thing because i want to say she's gonna be like these pastries that i sell not pa- <laughs> please be mm-hmm. for it's a fucking feds damn uh, the preview was actually very eventful so Tariq is telling monet about the rico um sax is representing not effie diana the cops pull up on effie kane is pissed about it um effie Okay, and she's like, well, I gotta do something to get us off this motherfucking Rico charge. So I'm guessing that she's trying to 
pin pinning on Effie so Diana can get out? Mm, I don't know. Just because the way that it was chopped up. You think you think Diana might snitch on Effie? I don't think so, but he's, I think that she probably would. Yeah. And that's a good look back. Like she was already mad about Tariq. Like that's a crazy look back. Like, bitch, damn, all I did was take your nigga. <laughs> she gonna call the cops on me. <laughs> that's a you crazy know? look back. They ain't even equal. Unfortunately, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And at the end of the day, Tariq's dick is at the root of all these bitches' problems. You are absolutely right about that. You are absolutely right about that. So Tariq and Davis are trying to stop somebody with a gun. Um, don't know who that is. I don't know who it could be. Do you think, do, do you know who that probably could be? Because I feel like you probably got a hypothesis. And I like him. Maybe Tate. Girl, what? If he going to lose office, that's all he wanted. And he about to be at risk. Because now the feds probably have him wrapped up in that Rico he, charge. He, he's gonna, uh, Tate going to try to kill himself? It's possible. Oh my gosh, that would be so dramatic. It's like common. that would just be a dramatic turn of events. I'm not saying, you know, trigger warning, yeah. like alive in yourself. I'm just saying, like, for him to resort to that after he because he was doing that yeah. shit with a fucking grin on his face. And now you now that you're getting caught, you want to take that route. Like, I just that would you be know, crazy. I feel like it's almost the same in a sense of like in trigger warning when like men do things and they get caught cheating. And then a woman tries to leave them and then they take the dramatic route by either getting extremely violent mm-hmm. um, or unaliving the woman that they feel like they can't live without. And, and sometimes like, themselves too, because that happens a yeah. lot. Yeah. Oh, well, that would be crazy. Oh my gosh. Because I was like, who could that be? And why would Davis and Tariq be stopping them? So I'm trying to figure out like who their common connect would be. You know, they would go and do that together. So that actually is a good possibility. That or is he like, I can't even see nobody else doing that. Like Tate makes sense. It's just dramatic. Mm-hmm. But Tate makes or sense as the person Tate who could do that. Or Lauren. Because I'm like, it would have like, to be somebody that we care that? about, but I don't think that it would be Lauren. Yeah, um, me neither. And he, Tariq, damn sure ain't giving a fuck to go stop no goddamn Effie. So Hell I feel like no. Tate is the only thing that makes sense. Or it could be sex. And that's how they end up talking sex out of it to try to use him. Like, oh, you played us, so now we got you by the balls, nigga. Wow. I'm thinking either Tate or oh sex. God. See, this week gonna be juicy. I might just watch this shit on Friday. Just for the excitement. All right, you guys. Well, that is it for Hot Topics. Um, Hope you enjoyed that. We're gonna head on over to what is tea. And this is where we ask a question in relation to the show. As you know, for power, we love to tie it into the class discussion because bitch, I'm in canonical studies. If y'all didn't know, Um, we are officially enrolled. So we try to do it in alignment with the class sessions. This week's question is, do you struggle with receiving help from others in fear of a motive being attached? Of course I do. Bitch, I don't even like to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Where do you and think that stems from? Because I feel like like almost all my friends from are like, that being the case. I feel like all my like almost all my friends are like that though. But there are some people who are just like they don't mind asking for help. You know, to the point where sometimes they I just feel like I'm not that way. And like even sometimes when I feel like people try to help me, I'm still like, eh. mm-hmm. and it stems from like people doing things with underlying intentions. Like mm-hmm. it's not 
a trauma or me being like it literally stems from that from people having ulterior motives so yeah answer's pretty simple straight to the point this week um mine is the same answer but like an array of reasons like I am also very like hyper independent it's something I'm still working on Mm -hmm. unlearning and that is a result of having a mother who was very hyper independent because of her circumstance unlike fucking Salim actually had a single mother lying ass nigga um and I had to watch her like she put herself through school like went to school to get an associate's a bachelor's and a master's and like went from being a CNA to a social service director like a social worker with a master's degree and doing very well so it's like I watched her literally go from the bottom to the top like wiping Mm -hmm. bottoms to being like and so it's just like to see her do that on her own with three kids and had some you know had a not so great marriage marital experience for a short period of time and seeing him do things with a motive attached is just like that primarily stemmed from men so for me like me not wanting to receive help more so comes from not wanting to receive help from men like I'm real finicky about niggas helping me because niggas be the main ones that will oh I'll take you to do this or I'll you know help you out with your car or I'll you know and then they want to come back and think they have ownership over your body over your shit over your home they can show up unannounced they can call you and it's just like that's not what that means so I've never been one to receive help from niggas really at all mm-hmm. um I'd rather just do it myself or see if my mom can help yeah I so think I, I'm sorry oh no go ahead I haven't really had problems like receiving help from friends when they offer I just don't ask like I don't like to ask my friends for help because even though they not niggas it's still this thing of like well I don't want to seem needy I don't want to bother anybody I want to try to figure it out myself I don't want them Mm -hmm. to think that I'm the helpless friend who always needs help because I'm asking this one time it's like having to wire my brain to like that's what friends are for that's what community is for because like bitch you be ready to jump up and help your friends so like of course they're gonna be ready to jump up and help you and you sitting here not ready to receive it like bitch what sense does that make because you would want them to receive your help so now now why am i in it girl because i'm missing (laughs) you know and it's just like i feel like i'm finally getting to that place in life where it's like i welcome help you know because like i almost didn't do shit with my friends for my birthday and jay was like no we're doing something <laughs> and just for her to be like helping me come up with a theme like all those different things like allowing someone to take things off my plate has always been something I struggle with but I feel like I'm in a place in my life now where I'm a little more receptive to it I'm opening up to it I'm not rejecting it so much and burning myself out because another thing that I've learned is that you should pour from an overflowing cup not a full mm-hmm. one overflowing one and so it's like when my cup is empty, girl, receive the fucking help, bitch, because we are tired. I want somebody to fucking help me. And yeah. so it's letting my pride go and understand I'm in a place in my life where I don't have to be in survival mode anymore. And I have loving people in my life, loving friends, a loving man, you know, loving parents. And so it's like, if they offer to do something, receive it because it's not coming from an ulterior motive place and you know they really love you you know they care about you so like girl what what, we just trying to live in trauma like let it go you know let's let's allow our community to help us when we need it so mixture mixture of both so I guess now I can elaborate a little bit more like I think that mine comes from well I think I already said like mine's come from not necessarily asking for the help but like having people around me who will literally watch me suffer Mm -hmm. 
and it's like and like you said like I am that person to my friends and to the people around me like I've always been the one pouring from an empty cup sometimes not even a partial not even a full not overflow from an empty cup because I've known how it's felt to not have that support or feeling like you can lean on anybody and I feel like that's something that y'all get on me when I say y'all I mean you Jay Mm -hmm. my mentor Alex like bitch like even if it's not coming from the people that you want it from like you still have community and like you just need to take it where you can get it from Mm -hmm. and I think that that's one of the reasons why I don't ask for help because I too don't want to seem like the needy friend or like and I won't even say like it's necessarily help about anything like just emotionally because I feel like I, I deal with a lot of shit emotionally more so than like actual real problems and so I think a lot of times I won't always say what I'm going through or say mm-hmm. what's going on because I don't want to be the friend that always got some shit going on like damn bitch do you ever just have a good streak you know mm-hmm. so I think that like that's kind of where that stems from is like of not wanting to feel judged or like having information hung over my head because I've had people try to hang shit that like I don't give a fuck about like if you go and repeat if you say like girl okay like I already be knowing mm-hmm. sometimes or like certain shit leave your mouth like you have to just expect people to be who they are and to go and like go run their mouth about some shit that's not really their business yeah so I think that yeah like mine just literally stems from like people helping me or people doing for me and then throwing it back in my face like prime example I think I told this story before but like someone and I mean I don't really care if she hear this like I used to be very close with someone Mm -hmm. and they had gone through something that was pretty traumatic I was out of town when this traumatic situation happened I literally sped from the south side of Atlanta all the way back to Columbia to come be there for this person was there for this person really got into a real bad with the person that was responsible for her being in that predicament that was fine watched her get into a whole new relationship whatever I experienced my first heartbreak and like while she was also going through something um I was just like, and and I think that's another thing that triggers me when it comes to y'all and why I don't necessarily tell y'all about everything when I'm going through something, mm-hmm. because that was somebody that I did consider myself to be close to. And I'll just say like, it was like three people around me that, were, that I was close to at this time. And neither of those people are in my life anymore. And it sucks because I love the kids, but like mm-hmm. they were pregnant. And I was going through my shit and I'd never been the person in any of their life that had some shit going on, relationship problems. It was very much fuck niggas. I'm focused on me. Like that has always been my mentality, my whole entire life. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm not dating somebody, I don't care about these niggas. So for me to be that gone because of what I was going through, like this person was quote unquote there for me. And then of course I got past that. And then we were celebrating New Year's Eve one year and they got very sick they threw up all over my vehicle and I was like like I was pissed Mm -hmm. because their person was home she you know just already had her baby or whatever their person was home he had never got to spend a new year's eve in the states because he joined the military so he was consistently gone Mm -hmm. and so um yeah like she threw up in my car 
And he was like, oh, I'll take it to get detailed, pay for it. And if y'all know anything about somebody throwing up in your car, your shit stinks for a long ass time until you can like really get it cleaned out. Happened to me. And she made the comment to me, um, like, you mad about me throwing up in your car? That's payback for all the nights that you was coming to my house while I was pregnant. And I was there for you. Like, you, that was my, like, that's payback for all the times you came to my house. Oh, we fighting. And while I was, pre- while I was pregnant. You about my car on purpose? Problems. She didn't throw up on purpose, but like, because she was. The way you saying it, but her if you say it to me like that, I'm, I'm just yeah, going yeah, that and, and I'm just sorry. Exactly. But I feel like that's where I think like, and we talk about this all the time, like personally, like off the podcast where I'm like, when people have like this, negative perception of me or think that I'm just like this mean person or like I'm just it's like I'm really probably one of the most understanding bitches that you will ever meet and there's a lot of people who I should have slapped the shit out of that I let shit ride especially people that I've been close with and I have since cut off but mm-hmm. when she said that to me it stung because I'm like bitch you wouldn't even be alive if I didn't drive all the fucking way from Atlanta back here to make sure you was good and that's the type of shit you say to me mm-hmm. like it was just it was fucking crazy I cannot believe that wow and I feel like ever since that moment outside of obviously things that I've dealt with in terms of like dealing with family I just been like yeah like I don't ever want to ask nobody for help or go to nobody in a moment of weakness because I don't ever want no shit getting thrown back into my face because the crazy part about it is like, yeah, my feelings was hurt behind that whole relationship shit, Mm -hmm. but I was really mourning the loss of like losing my stepfather who literally lived in the same house as me. And as my friend, Mm -hmm. that person knew that. So I feel like to keep, to say something like that to me was just like, what? And like, so left field, like you threw up in my car and it wasn't like I was trying to make her feel bad, but I was like, damn, like you was drunk as fuck. You threw up in my car. And like, for that to be your response was just crazy. So I guess maybe mine does stem from like past trauma. And it's definitely changed the way that like I go about asking for help or even letting people Mm -hmm. know when something is wrong with me, because I think I've also experienced a lot of people, whether it be family or like former friends and like, People just not really being my people and me thinking that they are my people and then throwing shit back in my face. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't like to to ask for help because I feel like some people they always have an ulterior motive. And whether they say it to you, they going back and telling somebody. So I just try my hardest not to need people. And that can be exhausting. And I think that. Very. Um, I was thinking about this when you were saying this. I was like, damn, I wonder if like our our childhood traumas turn into the love language that we require as adults. Cause I've never allowed people to do for me. And like now mm. acts of service is the thing that I feel like I love the most from people. But old yes. me would never allow somebody to do some shit for me. I saw this TikTok um that said like your trauma something or whatever it was the word they used I think it was trauma is actually you're like your love language or how you want to be loved I have to find it send it to you I sent it to Jay but it was actually quite insightful because I was like that shit kind of makes sense and it was like if you isolate yourself mm. or something you actually want maybe words of affirmation quality so it was something like that I'll find it and I'll send it to you but like it reminded me of what you just said and I think that's true because sometimes like trauma breeds 
needs in us that we're not we're not yeah. met or fulfilled and so in our adult life as we try to repair and unlearn and repair we need those things to help our inner child heal in a way you know just kind of like feel seen and heard like we need those things to to happen in our adult life so yeah yeah but I think we're doing good I think lately we have been pretty good about like accepting help from those that we love and trust and just trying to be at least be more self-aware about it because I have to catch myself a lot of times mm-hmm. like it's and like, love too like, like yeah look not even from this episode but I just feel like my birthday weekend kind of like really refreshed me and like gave me a leg to lean on mm-hmm. because similar to this topic like I feel like I can't even think of how many times I've gone back and like listen to listen to everybody's toast but I just feel like sometimes when you do it as much disappointment and disloyalty from people who you had genuine love for as I did in such a short amount of time like for the last five years consistently mm-hmm. well I can't even really say the last five years really technically the last four years because I haven't had to just completely cut anybody off this year in like 2023 mm-hmm. but um well no I take that back I have but it's been like whatever because I don't talk to that nigga often anyways but mm-hmm. like um I think that like being around love and being around people who like really love you and really show up for you can also be triggering and like I was so emotional at on my birthday at my dinner and like even the rest of this weekend because I'm like these hoes really love my black ass it's overwhelming and it's like yeah it is very overwhelming it's like and I I was gonna take the princess route and like spend my birthday by myself but Mm -hmm. I think that I may do that next year because Mm -hmm. I I really I really needed to be around love considering all that I've been enduring from people doing exactly what this question is about for the last five years of my fucking life Mm -hmm. like I really needed to be around people who like love me and have nothing to gain by trying to get over on me or like, you know what I'm saying? Like making me feel away. So yeah, I think that that's important. And I think that like what I'm learning more is like, you have to lean into love. Like when you, when you're in scenarios where people like try to get over on you you just have to sometimes unfortunately take those situations for what it is and realize that those people aren't your people Mm -hmm. and keep it moving like me Mm -hmm. I feel like I always got to make a scene or have a comment or have something to say back and I'm just learning like that shit is a waste of dead energy because why are you explaining yourself to somebody who don't even deserve to have you in your presence so remove and don't apologize for it so I ask the people or let the people know that I'm struggling that I feel like I can trust yeah and that's the key not everybody deserves your vulnerability so Mm -hmm. I try to keep in mind but that's it that got long real quick um that's it for what's to you guys let's move on to what was said sweetie this is where we share our favorite tweets from y'all and y'all are getting funnier and funnier as the season goes on let me tell y'all I got about like damn six tweets. I need to narrow it down. But you can go first if you got yours. Okay, I do. Okay. So the first one that I have is from 1800 Try Fifth Fife. What? Try Faith. 
okay I was like damn like what it because the way they have it I'm gonna spell it out to y'all so y'all don't think that I'm like is 1-800 try f the number eight th and I'm like fight mm-hmm. Hey, there we go. Faith. (laughs) Dear Celine, roses are red, violets are blue. Boo, get off the stage. We don't trust you. Oh my God, I almost picked that one. (laughs) That shit had me crying. And then my next tweet of the week is from King Troopa, but it's King with the X. And it says, Now when Kane clapped Epi cheeks, I need that shit to be detailed like Drew and them niggas. Period. Because we're trying to see what Woody did. I want to see everything. Everything. I'm talking about the setup, how he romance her, how they I want to see Kane Booty. Don't give us no, don't give us, girl, I can't stand you. Don't give us no Diana and Celine scene. We need to see the build up. Yes. I want to see the love story fester. Because yeah. the way that my hormones raise, when she told that nigga, fuck you for paying her tuition and he hit her ass with the, you're welcome. welcome. I said, ooh, humble. He already know. He already knew that meant. Girl. Like, so that was my second tweet of the week. And then my last tweet of the week is from um, underscore love Rachel underscore of course. I feel like we always have it in we might need to bring you on the show, girl, because we always have a fucking tweet of the week from you. Rachel? Okay. Uh-huh. It says, Kang's character- No, that's mine! Immaculate, paying Effie's tuition, consoling Drew, looking out for Diana, and he's moving vice to protect his fam. That's the Black King right there. <laughs> that was one of mine! <laughs> Period. Gosh. Girl, y'all- I love him down. And I also, matter of fact, oh, you already got yours. So I was about to say, I, was about, I wanted to speak on Woody real quick. <laughs> okay. So look, because now you're going to have to shuffle again. Um, <laughs> I need to talk about this. And normally I don't defend coonery at all. Like I'm very much a person. It could be problematic. We're like, when somebody do something stupid, I just be like, okay, like, okay. Mm-hmm. So... Kane Tahada, who was played by Woody McLean, there were some tweets that resurfaced, and the girls are having a field day. And normally, I could see why people would jump on this nigga if one, the tweets weren't old, but if he hadn't already addressed it and if they weren't fucking photoshopped. And this is why I feel like social media can be very dangerous sometimes. And why people just have to stop being losers. Every time y'all see somebody getting notoriety, the popularity is gaining, the deals are coming in. I don't know what it is that makes y'all feel like y'all need to go and dig up people's old tweets. Now, trigger warning, if it's something like rape or sexual assault or like shit like that, that's not forgivable, fucking harming kids, I can completely understand being like, oh, this person did that, especially if they were convicted. Mm -hmm. But- we have all said some shit that's out of pocket, that's out of turn, because the world was not nearly as sensitive as it is now. Mm-hmm. Do I feel like everybody should sweep their tweets if they know or they see some shit going to higher heights? Absolutely. This is why I feel the need to say something. 
And I don't know if he's even going to release a statement because he definitely talked about this shit literally when the Bobby Brown movie came out. So there was a post that got resurfaced because this girl tweeted and she was like, um, somebody posted a tweet about the whole Effie scene and when Kane was trying to give her the money and then um, find out that Kane paid her tuition. And so a girl tweeted, she's like, he's so damn fine. And this girl was like, he hate black women. And I guess somebody asked her what you mean. And she was like, literally as nasty as it gets. So there's tweets that says, if it ain't white, it ain't right. Daily Hashtag daily tweet. When I'm famous, I'm dating white women only. Uh-uh! Um, the other tweet said, really thinking about finding a white girl. Black girls are so berated these days. Wish man once said, if it ain't white, it ain't right. And then there was also another yeah. tweet that said, you sleep white, you sleep white chocolate tastes way better, whiz laugh. And so when you look at all the tweets, they're essentially kind of in the same time frame. Mm-hmm. He addressed this on a breakfast club saying how like they pulled some of the wackest pictures. Some of them actually photoshopped, they photoshopped some of the tweets, which were some things that he didn't actually say, but he said the white, the if it ain't white, it ain't right, was right. And saying how, you know, like, right. this is not the white women <laughs> because he was actually dating a Jamaican black girl at the time. And like, they were subtweeting each other because she would be on a timeline talking about how she wanted to date a white man. So mm. when I saw that post, oh, okay. I, already, I already knew what it was. And it's like, that's why going back years and trying to dig up context, like sometimes shit be, you know how I many people I sit and watch on my timeline subtweet each other. And if you went and saw those tweets, years later it will be like yeah why is this so random not even be fun back a part of subtweet. yeah right. everybody's a subtweet all right. the time so, and like- so my my issue then is i don't like the respectability politics especially from people who are nasty as fuck to people on twitter all the fucking time y'all bitches are so fucking miserable y'all act like people don't have the space or the room to grow to be somebody else like that shit is just very weird to me like as a grown ass man, even though it was 2012, that was still fucking 11 years ago, bitch. Yeah. Do you still think the same way that you thought 11 years ago? Because I know 31 year old CC ain't thinking the same way that 22 year old CC was thinking. Because 22 year old CC still thought that it was okay to run behind a nigga. 31 year old CC wouldn't even bend down to put on a motherfucking shoe to go run behind no nigga like that shit is just weird to me when y'all do that when y'all see people getting praised or loved it's like what is the motive misery really yeah like y'all be some lame loser miserable ass people get off on seeing people like because as much as people love to see you climb and gain notoriety they love they love to see the dramatics of a downfall as well it's very twisted and it's very evil but just as much as they'll clap as you become famous and shit, as soon as some shit hit the fan, allegedly or whatever, they just as hyped about that too. It's very strange. People are people are so weird. And it's like, obviously, I mean, I know people that know Woody personally. And he's a very sweet and just calm person. Mm-hmm. completely unlike the Kang character that we are all in love with outside of him being fine I don't know that I would like Woody McClain as much as I like Kane because yeah. his Kang character is I thought she was usually my bad I'm changing 
I'm changing. Okay, I'm changing. Maybe you would like Woody. But he is very calm and like just, yeah, I think that shit, that shit is just so weird to me. Like you bitches are so weird. Let me let y'all know in advance, bitch. My tweet's been scrubbed. So yeah. Not been scrubbed. Been scrubbed, because bitch, I know I'ma be somebody. (laughs) I know that's right. Come on. I know that's right. PR ain't even got to do it, bitch. I already wiped all my shit out. Thank you very much. Oh, um, well, I got three tweets now, so the foe. Uh, my first one is by at LaShawn underscore McFly. Gordo, I'm going to keep seeing Drew. You ain't going to do shit about it. <laughs> Monet. The more you fuck around, <laughs> the more you're going to find out. <laughs> Oh gosh. And then my second one is by because I'm always say on this motherfucker's head because he's in denial. Um at um, Gab BD underscore every episode. I'm nothing like my father. Tariq this episode. And it's him in that damn janitor outfit or whatever the fuck. And then goes girl, in just and I was like, I, and that's with that ambulance. With yes, that I was like, ambulance. when I saw Tariq put that shit on, I said, I've seen ghosts do this. I just can't remember when. This shit look familiar. I love all of the parallels yes that shit is like low-key intentional like y'all the power writers and y'all do a really good job of like they don't forget shit just like yeah and like almost making parallels seem coincidental but it's like this shit ain't coincidental like y'all know this nigga is just like his daddy um my last one is by at f whites f whites kane was right when he said salim ash freeman sounded made up (laughs) that made me cackle because it was the fact that he actually did make that shit up um but that's all i got that was a funny ass tweet y'all are hilarious um i need to start looking through the the comment section of these tweets because the tweets alone be having me fucking screaming but that's it for what was said sweetie this week you guys take a shot every time someone says rico Diana is question and Monet or Tariq come up with a plan. So you should be pretty tipsy this Friday. Ciao. Um, that's it for the show, y'all. Make sure y'all follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Rewind and Recap. We need to just start saying Twitter because ain't shit else on the other platforms. <laughs> you listen, listen. And we we just, just holding our space for our name for the day. Okay. We're we gonna keep putting it out there. Uh, rewind and recap that's r-e-w-i-n-e-a-n-d-r-e-c-a-p thank y'all for putting up with us we love y'all make sure you head on over to apple Podcasts and spotify and leave us a review um i know y'all been watching power with us so our power watchers need to go leave a review because listen the merit of fight merit of first sight and housewife audience they done they done gave us some reviews so the power people we need y'all to come in and give us some more reviews (laughs) because we tapping into a different audience so if you new here we talk back to each other. So go leave us Period. Um, Cece, do you have anything before we close out? I don't at all. All right. Well, thank y'all for fucking with us. We love y'all. And we'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye.